welcome to the Positivity and Prosperity Podcast. If you're ready for a dose of inspiration and insight, then you've come to the right place. My name is Victoria Maskell and I'm a psychotherapist, mindset coach and positivity practitioner. I help women just like you to have their own Cinderella stories and transform their mindsets to make their dreams a reality. So if you're a coach, an entrepreneur, or just looking to up-level your life, then this is the podcast for you. I'm going to be talking all things money mindset, manifesting your dream life, and how to use your subconscious to achieve anything you set your mind to. I'm going to be filling these podcast episodes with stories and inspiration for you, things to make you smile, feel supported, and get ready to crush your goals and manifest your dreams. There is no such thing as a coincidence in life. So just by listening to this podcast, you are one step closer to making your dream life, business and mindset a reality. So if you're ready for today's dose of positivity and prosperity, then let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Positivity and Prosperity Podcast. And as you have seen by the title, no doubt, today's episode is an interview episode. And I had the absolute pleasure of talking to the wonderful Kerry all about a topic that I had never even considered would be important to manifestation. But she has given me so much insight and so many ideas that I am definitely going to be implementing some of the things she talks about in this episode. So we are going to be diving into the subject of chromotherapy and how actually using colour can be an incredibly powerful manifestation tool. Now, Kerry is going to talk us through her background, how she came to be doing what she's doing. I'm going to make sure to leave all of her information in the show notes. If you are UK-based, she is actually going to be at various events over the next couple of weeks when this goes live. So make sure to check those out. If you do go and see her, make sure to say hi. Let her know that you have heard about her on this podcast and I'm just going to go into the interview. I hope you really enjoy this episode. I think it was such an exciting and interesting topic and I will see you very soon for the next episode. Hey, I would love to welcome Kerry Hussain to the Positivity and Prosperity podcast. I'm genuinely really, really excited about this episode because I think it's going to bring something that I've never heard mentioned on a podcast. So, before we go into it, Kerry, do you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, thank you. Um, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so thanks very much for having me here. And you're right, I think it is something quite new, manifesting with colour. I don't think um, a lot of people take colour into account So when you're manifesting. So um I think it's going to be an interesting conversation today. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, tell everyone a little bit about you. Yeah, hopefully I can uh, enlighten you on a few things. So I am, uh, I call myself an intuitive artist. Uh, I create abstract artwork um, purely from intuition. So I don't plan it. I don't sketch anything out. What, the way I like to work is I just choose a color palette 
depending on how I'm feeling and what emotions are going on, what's kind of going on in my life um, or what emotions I want to try and convey in the piece. Um, and then I just work straight onto the canvas and it sort of just develops as it goes along, um, which is quite an exciting way to work. I think I like the unpredictability of it. <laughs> yeah, and I should probably preface this by saying I know nothing about art other than I think it's incredible. I think it's so interesting. I think it's massively skilled and I don't possess that skill. <laughs> so, how did you come to be an intuitive artist? What's what's your background? What's your story to get to where you are now? So um, I've always been artistic ever since I was a kid. My dream has been to be an artist. Um, but like most people, it kind of didn't go in a straight line <laughs> I've been all over the place um I always used to create a lot of figurative work portraits and and things like that um which were all very sort of meticulous and very controlled and very detailed um and it wasn't until uh probably about five years ago I was on I started going through a healing journey um basically almost 10 years ago I think everything just sort of kind of came crashing down and I had a lot of uh unresolved childhood trauma that came up um I my marriage broke down at the same time so I was kind of just left to go through all this stuff on my own and I just for a couple of years I spiraled really badly downwards and ended up in in some quite dark places um not to bring everyone down <laughs> but then um around about 2018 I kind of started pulling myself out of it a little bit I started getting into the self-development so I like to say now that I'm on a PTSD healing journey the post-traumatic self-development I like, <laughs> like that um, <laughs> so I, yeah I kind of um I kind of just deep dived into that and then when lockdown hit in 2020 it kind of saved me really because I had nothing else to do I had nowhere to go and I just decided to paint I just thought I'm just going to start painting and see what happens and it was such a therapeutic journey over that year or so um, and it kind of really helped me to sort of get myself back to well not even back to who I was but to to really find out who I was um and yeah and then I just sort of had this light bulb and I was just like the effects of meditation because I I'd started meditating a couple of years earlier but on and off but then I really went deep into it uh in in sort of 2020 um and I kind of started to realize the connection between looking at art and meditation and so I did a lot of research around this sort of scientific effects and the benefits of it. And, and the two are very similar. Yeah. So the effect that it has on the brain, uh, are looking at art kind of has the same effect. Wow. Um, it actually, it actually unites the two sides of the brain um, because wow. you're using, you're sort of using your, your analytical logical side to sort of try and understand it. But at the same time, you're using your sort of emotional, creative side to sort of feel and embody the actual artwork as well. So it's, it was very interesting. So I kind of got really involved in the sort of healing benefits of art that way. 
um and then art for the soul was just a natural sort of progression really and I kind of wanted to then be able to use my artwork to help other people who were sort of suffering from depression and and sort of that sort of thing so and then it's it's yeah it's just sort of developed over over the last couple of years quite organically um so now my gallery is separated into three areas mindfulness meditation and manifesting wow oh my god thank you for sharing that because I think it's important I know this is called the positivity and prosperity podcast (laughs) and I know I'm advocating for like positive thinking but I don't want there to be this idea of toxic positivity Mm. and pushing things to one side and I think it's really refreshing that you're able to share that you weren't in a good place Mm. and you found ways of getting yourself through that because that Mm. is life that is what we need to do we need to navigate the storms when they come up and I think actually it's really inspirational to hear that you found your path through and how art has helped you and you're definitely speaking my language because I heard manifesting and I heard (laughs) both sides of the brain we're talking left right hemisphere so okay So that gives me a good kind of idea of where you've got to. And I know one of the things you work on is color therapy or chroma therapy Mm -hmm. for anyone listening. Who's like, what's, what's color therapy. Can you kind of give us a bit of a rundown and then we'll kind of dive deeper into, into it. Yeah, sure. So, um, I, to be honest, I only came across it, um, a few months ago as well. And it was kind of one of those moments where it was like, oh yeah, that's sort of what, I'm doing already but without having labeled it so um so I started looking into chromotherapy and and at its sort of core chromotherapy really is um a light therapy so it's working with colored light um that you place around on the body to heal any kind of ailments on the body um it's a very ancient practice the ancient Egyptians used to use it Um, back in the day they used colored glass I think to sort of and then had the light projecting through the glass onto various parts of the body or whatever to to heal because color essentially is visible energy Mm -hmm. Um, it carries a frequency and we all perceive color in different ways Um, but it's essentially a you know a, a frequency of of energy and I think whatever we're feeling, we can connect to the same frequencies on colour, which is why it has such a profound effect on our mood sometimes. And it can, you know, certain colours can impact us in in certain ways. Um, So that was that's the sort of basic um, style of chromotherapy. Then I've taken it sort of one step further and interpreted it myself Mm -hmm. because the I think the probably the most obvious way we absorb color is through our eyes so to sort of have a visual uh connection with it so then using you know using art and color in that in a visual way to sort of help you to connect to your emotions and work out what you're feeling and or you know or to change your mood or to sort of amplify any energy that you want to amplify for them for the manifesting side of things you can then you know really get into it feel feel the emotions because manifesting is all about the feeling isn't it and you have to you have to feel it and act as if and you know that all that kind of thing color is something that really helps you to do that 
Oh, right. And this has come at the perfect time because I was just talking to my friend yesterday that I've been revamping my lounge and we were both saying how she's very, very minimalist, like to the point where she wonders if she's actually got enough stuff in her house. And I'm more on the, oh my gosh, I've got so much stuff. I'm trying to shrink it down a little bit. And we were talking about how our environment has a huge impact on how we're feeling for Mm. her the tiniest bit of what she would call clutter makes her feel very stressed makes her feel very um not herself out of sorts anxious almost i can totally relate to that (laughs) the more she was saying it and i was like yes and in my lounge room at the moment i've very much got black white and pewter and i used to have quite a lot of baby pink in there and as you know i really like that bright cerise pink Mm -hmm. And it was just, it's just really interesting because changing things around has definitely made me feel different. And manifestation, as you said so perfectly, is actually about the feeling because feelings are energy. So I just think this chromotherapy idea just makes so much sense. And I've got so many questions yeah. and I don't really know where to start with them. Okay, I'm gonna Like you say, it's, it sort of seems obvious really, but it's just, it's so underrated. Yeah. Um, when we're choosing colors you know especially for our homes um, a lot of people will choose a color you know either because it's trendy or you know or just because they like it and yeah. then but but I think you have to because I as a I'm a sort of I do a lot of interior styling work as well so from that point of view when you're decorating a lot of people don't take into account the actual feeling that they want to create is that they just focus on the look and yeah. I think, you know, it can have a very different effect if you choose a colour based on, you know, what it looks like as a, rather than how it actually makes you feel. Yeah. And actually, I, I remember speaking to a client probably last week because we, it was all the similar veins going round. And she was saying that she's very into feng shui. I hope I pronounced mm-hmm. that properly. And someone had said to her, you don't want dark blue in your room for I don't know if it was specific to the angles of the room. Oh. But she said, I love my dark blue chair. It's like a velvety chair. She said, it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel luxurious, relaxing. And that's exactly the atmosphere I want. And I guess based on what you've just touched on, you would be saying, well, then that's a great colour because it's giving you a positive feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think that, as I said, everyone, you know, we all perceive colour differently and it all affects us differently. You know, sort of in a traditional sense, dark blue is a very healing, calming colour. But I'm glad you've I'm glad you've used that as an example, actually, because for me, dark blue is I it just makes me anxious it makes me feel sort of edgy um blue in general is a color that I find very difficult to to work with I have I I have no blue in my home at all um and I sort of meditated on this and and was trying to sort of work out where that where that's come from um because I kind of just it just instills this fear in me for some reason I don't I just don't like the color blue and I sort of went back and was trying to think why it might have that effect on me and I realized that probably what it is is because I grew up on the Isle of Wight Mm -hmm. and it was sort of a very unhappy time I've got a lot of unhappy memories associated with it Um, and being surrounded by water 
just made me feel trapped and claustrophobic. And so I've had this sort of subconscious fear of, of water and deep water in particular. Um, and obviously I, you know, then my subconscious mind connects deep water with dark blue. Yeah. And so that's probably why I've kind of avoided it this whole time. But I'm now trying to work with blue a lot more um, because blue is a color that instills confidence. It gives you focus, clarity, um, and it is also associated. I don't know if you know much about the chakra points, the energy centers in our body. Um, so blue is associated with our throat chakra. And doing things like this and coming onto podcasts and speaking <laughs> is something that I'm trying to do more of. So I've had to really work on opening up my throat chakra so I can do that. So I'm starting to just gently introduce blue into my office and my studio, just to sort of have that color sort of feeling. So am I? Have I got this right then? That there there are general ideas that certain colors produce certain feelings and emotions, but we yeah. are human and we all have subconscious ideas and patterns that shape how we perceive that color for example um there is no green in my house <laughs> and oh, it, is, yeah. it is mainly because and I, it, it's a conscious thing probably but when i was about 21 i was going to do my final exams at university put on a green hoodie i think from memory and my friend was like oh, you can't wear that and i was like why? What, what's wrong? She was like, you can't wear green to an exam. It's such bad luck. Now, <laughs> me being me now, I should be going, Victoria, that's a belief. If you change the belief, then you change the feeling. And actually you perceive it, you know, all of that. I know that consciously, but it's just sort of got to the stage where I never graduate, graduate. I never gravitate towards the color green. I'm not like, oh my God, there's so okay. There is actually something green right in my house right now. It's my cat's treats. It has green <laughs> on it. I am not offended by this, but I would never go, oh, I'm going to have an emerald green throw on my sofa or I'm going to choose. And so is it a combination of green generally has a certain energy, but if you as a person have negative associations with that color, you will feel differently about it? Yeah, I guess so. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly, you know, how I've just explained it really. Um, and it is the case of working out what the root, you know, is that like you've just done with the hoodie, you've gone back and thought, well, actually that was a sort of turning point. Yeah. really in your belief about that color um and yeah and it's just it's just a case of sort of working through that and thinking well why why does that make me feel like that and then you know being able to change it because green as a money manifesting yeah, person, you should <laughs> you should be you know you should have green everywhere really because yeah. green in, in you know into sort of uh, color psychology green is the color that's most associated with wealth and success and prosperity yeah. along with gold um so yeah but I mean there are different obviously and then you can get into the different shades of a color so uh, you know for for money and success I would sort of go with a sort of more vibrant green like a grass green because that that sort of represents natural abundance like grass and leaves and things like that um and growth vitality energy um but then you you can sort of go the other way I've got um like a sort of sagey green in my bathroom mm -hmm. just because I find that such a relaxing color 
Um, so there's different, you know, different shades of one color can have different different effects and different connotations as well. Okay, right. Let's let's maybe dive into the colors a little bit, and then I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. You said something really interesting at the start about how looking at art synchronizes or engages both your right and left brain. So I'm going to come back to that, but <laughs> because we're talking about it, I've said yeah. it so that I can remember it. Um, so let's let's imagine people listening are thinking, okay, what sort of colors evoke certain sorts of feelings? Because you touched on how in your bathroom you've got like a sagey green because it gives you a relaxing feeling. I realize that it's going to be down to personal interpretation, but could you yeah. sort of talk on what red does, what blue does, what yellow does, that sort of thing? Yeah, of course. Um, as I say, it is obviously a personal, very personal preference, but generally speaking, um, so red red is a very good color for dining rooms mm-hmm. um and i found out a really fun fact <laughs> about red um so the mcdonald's logo mm-hmm. uh is obviously the red with the with the yellow m yeah um now red is apparently a great color for um increasing your appetite why i have no idea but i i sort of thought oh, well actually yeah how many fast food chains use red in their logo yeah you know, kfc and pizza hut and McDonald's five guys or yeah. five guys yeah so red is red is the color that increases your appetite which is why you see it a lot in dining rooms and restaurants as well um and then yellow is apparently the color that is most visible in daylight which is it seems kind of counterintuitive really because yeah, some like when, yellow if you were yeah but yeah. then when you think about it you can see those golden arches from miles around <laughs> you really can that you really it can. works oh, <laughs> um, so it kind of acts like a beacon i think so that's why you know mcdonald's have intentionally chosen those two colors for their branding yeah um, but obviously so, so red, yeah, red for kind of an ob- the obvious connection would be for love and passion and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but I would say when you're looking at these different colours, they all have a sort of negative side as well. So mm-hmm. it's very uh, important that you kind of get the balance right. Yeah. You don't want too much of one thing because, say, red could, you know, induce a lot of anger and tension um and and sort of danger and that kind of thing um green could you know too much green could make you feel envious jealous you know those sort of those sort of feelings as well so it's very important to get you know to sort of get the balance right Mm. and it's interesting because years ago when I was studying some psychology we were looking at sports psychology and Mm. they were talking about the color red being associated with teams being more successful so um, Mm. okay limited football knowledge coming up however Arsenal plays in red at home yeah Um, I'll say that first (laughs) because that that would be my team (laughs) Man United red Liverpool red and I know these are their home colors I know they have different kits I know it's not as straightforward as that but when they looked at it, yes, there was home ground advantage, but they also found when teams played in red, they were more likely to be successful. successful. And I think it's quite a powerful colour, but I like what you were saying about the contrast, because when we talk about manifestation, there's contrast, there's, we have to understand the darkness to appreciate the light. And I can see with red, 
just that was a good example you gave it's like yeah that could be love that could be passion that could be appetite but it could be anger and it could be pain and it could be danger but it's the same color on a spectrum of feelings and emotions and okay so red and yellow what about blues then so blue um as i said darker sort of for me personally anyway darker shades of of blue would be more healing and restful calming colors um for thing you know for sort of a lighter blue like a more sky blue electric blue that would uh is more associated with kind of focus and clarity concentration so a lot of office spaces are you know decorated with blue tones as well it's a kind of um comf- it's a confident color it's it's the sort of you know color of self confidence to help you again i don't really know the reasons why they've determined these colors but it 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 does kind of make sense um a lot of uh sort of marketing and and sort of information businessy type things are blue um and a sort of a lighter blue you know like electric blue or a sky blue um and then pink yeah um, (laughs) you know we both love pink (laughs) um so pink is obviously associated with love as well compassion gentleness um just very soft feminine energy obviously um the interesting thing about pink is that it has been scientifically proven to reduce feelings of anger um so it's been used in prisons quite a lot um and they have they have done studies to to show that you know when you when you've got a lot of pink around especially pale pink yeah because baby pink um it does it does have a have an effect on anger levels and Mm. (laughs) it calms people down um so it's a very good color for those like mental mental sort of health institutions and and prisons and places like that I think I I think I'm right in saying this because obviously right now we have a perception that blue is for boys, pink is for girls. And when I say that, I don't mean that I think boys can't wear pink and whatever. But if you're having a baby shower, if it's a boy, usually there's a blue. If it's a girl, usually there's a pink. And that fits kind of what you were saying about the stereotypical confidence of a boy, gentleness, emotionness, that's not a word, of a girl. But I'm sure I read that in the Victorian times or before that, the colors were swapped and that blue was associated with girls and pink was associated with boys. Ah, I didn't know that. I think it does sound familiar though, but I think the whole blue pink thing, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was just purely an advertising ploy Uh, maybe in the seventies, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe even earlier than that, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And it just kind of stuck and um yeah but there's absolutely no reason no it's that's the belief system isn't it we have a belief system like right now I'm looking at my screen and I can see blue and it instantly makes me think oh yeah blue for boys pink for girls but where have we got that that's a societal concept I wonder if different cultures that just doesn't exist because I think colour is sort of what we make of it and it's it's interesting hearing that polarity that you're talking about and all the different feelings and oh uh right green we haven't talked about green where where would you put that green so um 
depending on the effect that you want to, like I said, I've got it in my bathroom because it's nice and relaxing and calming. Um, and I also have, a, going back to the feng shui thing as well, I um, I would use green in your abundance corner. So in feng shui, you could determine the different areas of your home. Um, I have a little, a little abundance corner in my living room just over there. Um, where I've got some bits of gold and I use coins and I've decorated it and I've actually got this little painting oh, I keep I in the corner with green and gold in it um, just to sort of give it that touch. So you don't have to go the whole hog and, you know, paint the whole room. Yeah. <laughs> you can have little areas of, of colour. Okay. Yeah. What so, about what I'm going to describe as neutral tones then. So I see a lot of social media, people are really into their neutrals. So the creams, the beiges, that's not somewhere I tend to go. I tend to go the bright pink, the baby pink, maybe gray. I don't know if that counts as a neutral. What yeah. if, what about those sort of tones together? What sort of feelings and emotions would you say they evoke? Um, they're very divisive, I think, because mm. a lot of people would say, oh, it's, boring it's you know it's just drab and dull yeah um, but for me those kind of colors are very restful very yeah. calming I love I love taupe and beige and grey or whatever it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> mushroomy like mushroomy colors um earthy colors so those yeah so sort of shades of brown I would say and beige you know would be very good for grounding and calming you down sort of really just getting you grounded really just to sort because of, obviously the sort of earthy connection um and yeah just gentle calming calming tones um I don't think I mean yeah they're just a sort of dull and boring side of it would be the negative connotations for those type yeah. of colors. But you say again it's personal preference for me those are the ones that keep me nice and chilled and calm but I would say any any color as long as it makes you feel good and is slightly sort of if you if you want to feel restful and calming you can use any color but just sort of desaturate it slightly so it's a slightly more muted tone of it rather than a bright vibrant color mm. energizing um so you can still use yellow or or, or pink or, or green if you wanted to feel calm and restful but just use a, a, a you know slightly more muted shade okay and what about finally any sort of oranges or silvers or golds where do they come into it uh so orange is is kind of a very vitalizing energetic color um I, i'm trying to think of think of an example I can't think of anything off the top of my head always um, makes me think of like zest fruit freshness yeah, tropical summery yeah yeah <laughs> so for, yeah for sort of as for, for if you want a quick burst of energy and you know things like that orange is a great a great color for that kind of thing um purple oh is yes I forgot about purple just touch on purple because purple is uh purple is sort of recognized really as the most spiritual color mm. um it's got sort of um associations with the third eye chakra and your crown chakra so your intuition um 
and and that kind of thing um, for connecting to your kind of inner self, your higher self. Purple is a great color um, for that. Uh, and it's also, a, you know, a regal color. Very, very, it can be, it can be seen as sort of quite pompous and, mm. and uh, I don't know, up itself. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> the right I, one. I don't know if you've ever watched these kind of programs, but I remember on a Sunday when I was at, at like at school, Sunday night, there was all the, always these the history programs. And I vividly remember them talking about the color purple and why it was associated with royalty because the dye was so expensive that it yeah. just wasn't accessible to anyone other than the royalty. And that's why the purple was associated with that. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like so, but it's it's stuck, hasn't it? There's an element of, yeah. especially a deep purple, it's become quite a regal, potentially arrogant, if we're looking at both sides of the spectrum. That's the word I was looking for. There arrogant. we go. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. Yeah. Okay. And, um, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so sort of gold and silver, again, is is kind of associated with wealth, probably most, most obviously. Um, but also again the spiritual side so this sort of more angelic kind of realms and and that higher that kind of higher consciousness type of yeah. feelings is would be associated with gold and silver oh okay so that brings me on to how can we use color to improve our manifestation powers what would you say to that okay so there are a few different ways that you could incorporate color into your different practices. Um, I would suggest sort of really sort of focusing on what it is that you're trying to manifest. So, for example, if you're looking for love, um, you could do a lot of work around pink. Um, you can use it in meditation. You can create a sort of altar, you know, a mini altar with different pink things like obviously pink crystals are good for that kind of thing um, and just create a little you know a little sort of meditation space with those colors a pink pink candles maybe and, and different scents that are associated with pink like rose um, and just use it as a sort of meditation to really feel mm. color and absorb the color um you can also use it as a you know in visualization so when you're visualizing your true love or thing you can sort of see it you know in a pink light surrounding it or something like that or just imagine a pink light in your heart area um and and do it that way um scripting is another good manifestation tool and so you can use different colored pens to write down if you're again if you're trying to manifest love write about your perfect person just use a pink pen to reinforce that feeling um so yeah there's lots of lots of different ways you can incorporate color I'd never really thought of that and actually I'm not sure if I visualize in color or in black and white I think I might visualize in black and white now you've said that because if I picture some of my visualizations I'm not associating a color with them necessarily. So that's, I'm definitely going to incorporate that one because I think without realizing it, I wasn't using color in my visualizations and what a lovely way of incorporating that. Um, 
because this podcast is often about prosperity in terms of money, <laughs> what would you say if someone was like, oh, how can I use color to help me manifest money? What what sort of colors, what sort of ideas would you would you say for that? Um, again, it comes back to green and gold, really. Yeah. Um, those would be the basic, the basic colors. Um, and again, like I said, an abundance corner. Yeah. And it with various various things in gold and green um you can wear green or, or you know gold jewelry to sort of just help you reinforce that feeling I, I never wear gold but um no I was just gonna say <laughs> gold and green if you pick you could pick two yeah. colors that I do not have in my house <laughs> pretty much every other color like I've got blue in a bathroom um have I got any red Oh yeah, down as soon as you walk into my house, I've got this huge, well, huge, but big three-part canvas that's big red flowers. So I've got red, I've got purple, I've got pink, I've got grey, I've got black and white. There is no green and there is no gold. It's ironic as a manifesting coach. Yeah. Although I don't know if well, I've all my door handles are gold and I've been having conversations about can I be bothered to change them all to silver because I don't really like the gold? So now I'm going to flip that and I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to reframe it. And I'm going to say every time I put my hand on my door handle, I'm attracting abundance. I am connecting with the energy of the gold. So actually, you've just saved me a few hundred pounds from changing all my door handles. <laughs> there we go. Manifesting. And every time you every time you take hold of it, you can imagine that that gold in your hand yeah and actually uh, this sounds very strange but i have uh, two front doors and and one back door which i know two front doors is weird but i do <laughs> they were all a really dark emeraldy green and it took me a, a few years to kind of get them painted and sorted so underneath uh, there is the green so oh, i know it's there really <laughs> i've so got the abundance <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now, I said I'd come back to it. So you at the start, you were talking about how art affects your brain, bringing in the, the two hemispheres. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Because I think art, from my limited perspective, is quite underrated because I don't know, I don't know how to look at it. I don't know how to do things with it. So can you just tell everyone a little bit about that part of it? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm not a scientist or anything like no, that. I just appreciate that doing it from my own perspective really mm. um, but I think I think a lot of people get kind of intimidated by art yes um and it's that's something I've always hated you know I've always been so against that whole traditional kind of snobby art world mm. oh I I like this because it means this and you know and all this kind of thing and I think from my point of view it's like you either like it or you don't that's yes. a that's all there is to it really yeah. <laughs> and and I think people get too caught up in in how they should look at a piece of art or how that or, or what it should make them feel or something like that and I think if you just approach something um with that with that sort of uh energy of well I like it or I don't like it and you're obviously going to be attracted to things you don't have to know why you like it mm. I think you just have to appreciate the feeling that it gives you and you know and and just work with that really I mean the I I did sort of look into it a little bit and it's hard to explain why you like a certain piece of art mm -hmm. a lot of the time and it's it's very similar to um 
it, it, it stimulates the same reactions of dopamine and serotonin in your brain as when you fall in love with someone because quite often you can't really explain why you're attracted to someone either yeah. um, and it's the same effect that's so, so it, that's why it's often so difficult to explain why you like you just like I don't know I just I just, I just do, do. <laughs> I just so do I'm gonna add my two cents into this from a I'm not certain this is why but this would make sense so if we have the two hemispheres of the brain the left side is the logical bit which has the language centers in it the right side is the colors, emotions, feelings. It kind of makes sense from what you're saying that we could look at a piece of art and have a feeling, have an emotion, have a reaction, but it's the left hemisphere that we're trying to use to say why, but it's not the left hemisphere. I know there's crosstalk and I know they, they do talk to each other. They have little chats of apparently our hemisphere, but um, <laughs> I know, but I can see how actually it may be hard to put it into words because that's us trying to be logical about something that yeah. isn't that isn't logical. It's emotional. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, art for me, art is purely about the feeling that mm. it gives you, mm -hmm. um, and it shouldn't matter who it's by or how much it costs or anything like that. It's just it's it's just you know if it brings you joy and, and, you know, gives you that sort of feeling inside that you can't quite explain. Like when you, you know, when you buy a house and you walk into a house and you get the feeling, yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, and it's, so, yeah, it, 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 it's very interesting that, you know, looking at art can do that. And I think it's very important to sort of see it as a tool rather than just um, something that you put on your wall because you've got an empty wall, yeah. it can be used as a tool. So when you start looking at art mindfully and intentionally, it really slows you down. It makes you, you know, it really anchors you into the present moment and you're focusing on a piece of artwork. You're looking at the texture in it. You're looking at the brush strokes. You're, you know, you go really close to a piece of art without looking at the picture as a whole because that's when your logical mind is trying to make sense of yeah. what it is what is it yeah if you, you know if you really go in close and you know just take in all the little details rather than the picture as a whole then that's when you can sort of feel different things and you'll see different things especially in abstract mm. art I mean I find it absolutely fascinating when you know when people see my work and one person can see one thing and one person can see something completely different and it it's just all you know on your perspective and what's going on inside you and your emotions and your you know your mind and what it what it brings up for you really which is why it is there is also a good way especially again with abstract pieces it's a good way of sort of working out what you're feeling and and mm. the emotions that art can bring up in you you can then sort of think oh well I you know I wonder why I'm feeling like that and then you can then start to work through the emotions yeah and, it's and a tool it's, it's a tool it is a tool discovery yeah. oh we've, so, we've kind of got the wrong end of the stick yeah. <laughs> all of those things you you were saying there is exactly some of the I don't want to say misconceptions but because I don't count myself as good at art I worry that I would misinterpret it but actually what you're saying is the point is look at it think how you feel there's no right or wrong actually 
look at brush strokes, look at the details, rather than just trying to go, well, what is it? What's it a picture of? Because art's not just, oh, it's a portrait, oh, it's a picture. It can be, but it can be so many different things. Okay, right. So what would you say then, if people are listening to this episode, they've got really fired up and they're like, okay, how do, where do I start with chromotherapy? Where do I start with color and manifestation? What's the first tip that you would give to them to get started in all of this? Ooh, well, Big question. I know. Head on over to your website and take a look. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Tell us a little bit about your website. Well, um, I mean, obviously, again, art is purely personal preference. So, you know, my my style of art might not be to everyone's taste. But um, if you can, if you can find an artist that you love, you know, or you know, a piece of work that you love, and then just even if you just had it on your screen and you know as a screensaver or something, mm. um, and just kind of learn to look at it intentionally, learn to you know learn to just sort of stop and think about how it makes you feel, yeah. and and whether it is the colours that are doing that, whether it's the sort of texture or the brush strokes that are doing that. Um, there's an art, an artist that I love. Um, is called Jessica Zub um, and she does these most amazing huge canvases um, and they're so ethereal and just floaty and dreamy and I just it gives me chills just thinking about them because it it just her work just lights me up inside it's that feeling again that you can't explain and if you can find a piece of art that does that for you then you can then work, you know, learn to work with it. And, it, it, you know, you'll never get bored of looking at it and it will create a different feeling each time. You'll see something different each time. Um, yeah, and so just just start that way, I would. That's such a great idea. Right, everyone listening, that is your challenge. You have to tag us. You have to tell us <laughs> the piece of artwork you found. Oh, I'm going to have to do this as well now. Amazing, Harry. <laughs> this has been so, so interesting. Where can people find out more about you? If they're like, right, I need to know more about this lady and what she does, where can they find out more? Uh, so I'm mostly on Instagram um, or art for the soul underscore 11 on Instagram um, and obviously my website which is kerryhussain.com um, Facebook as well uh, I have art for the soul page on there and I also have a YouTube channel where I use my artwork to create these visual meditations so you can use the color the color therapy meditations on there as well if you so need cool. whatever you need if you need some calming or if you need energizing you need some positivity there's all different color Ooh. versions meditations on my youtube which is art for the soul underscore 11 again on there amazing and you said that you've got some uh, workshops coming up or you're going to be at some events do you want to tell us where those are so if anyone's in the uk they can come and see you in person yeah, that would be great. Um, I'm doing a few shows in, in the autumn um, next week. So from the 7th to the 10th of September, I'll be down in Dorset for the Wellbeing at the Lakes Festival. Um, and then the 22nd to the 24th of September, I'll be at Sandown Racecourse for the Surrey Art Fair. Uh, and then I'll be at the Barge House in London South Bank, 28th to the 30th I think of September <laughs> for oh. a royal art fair and then I'm back in Surrey 
uh, the beginning of October Epsom race course for the Art Surrey Fair. Wow. Right, busy, if people are in the UK, busy. they need to come and check you out because you are busy, busy. I would love it if people could come and say hello. That would be great. Uh, please do. Okay, so I will get Kerry to send me all of those dates. I will make sure that they go into the show notes. So there's links to your website, your YouTube, your Instagram, your Facebook. I'll make sure it's all in there for people. If people ever can't find anything, just come and come to me, send me an email and I will make sure to pass on all the details. But thank you so much for coming on and doing this episode really really interesting and i've i've given myself a homework task of going to find a piece of artwork that i really really like and i'm going to put it on my phone as my screensaver Ah, uh, well i would add actually i have a special i do have a special uh offer for any listeners of your podcast so if they want to head over to my website for 20 percent off Ooh. any piece of artwork they can use the code positive 20 amazing right positive 20 thank you so much okay i will make sure that is definitely in the show notes as well thank you so much for coming on today it's been so interesting and we'll speak soon lovely thank you thank you so much for listening if you like this content i would so love it if you could leave me an itunes review you would totally make my day and you'd help this podcast to reach other listeners just like you And if you know someone who this content would help, then please share it with them. Share the love, share the positivity. I hope you all have a wonderful and prosperous day and I will see you all.